This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We're really grateful for this community that has stuck with us through this intense 8 journey. It's meant a lot. If you'd like to support us by donating to our podcast, at the end of every episode's show notes, there's a link. If you click that, it'll take you right to our donation page. So please consider doing that, and thanks again. Tori is another one of our tri-type 862. Across the board, we have found that this tri-type doesn't particularly like the nickname that's been given to them, the rescuer. There's something about that that just doesn't sit right. Tori says she's more like a shield. She says it's like she has an invisible force field that she throws around people. I think after having spoken to enough of you of this tri-type, I might be able to say that this is the tri-type that is the least comfortable with its inner softness. I've heard you describe yourselves as molten lava cakes or as having a gushy center, and you actually kind of hate that about yourself. You're worried people will see that. So that shield works two ways. She's throwing it out over other people, but at the same time, she runs the risk of shielding herself against other people, making sure they can't get past her shield to her mushy inside. And so the work of an 862, and for all of us eights, really, is to, in Tori's words, let our gush show. My name is Tori. I am the third of three girls. I am a librarian. I am obsessed with reading. I have a seven-wing six husband. I have two puppies, and my best friend's a seven. My father's a seven. I gravitate towards seven. I do too. I really get it. Can you explain actually what they do for you? I wonder if it's the same. So seven plays into my spontaneity. And when I want to let go, the seven is the one that I turn to. And the seven is the one who validates any off the wall feelings that I have that other people may be like, "Um, no, we're not going to do that. You know? Yeah. I've always said that I feel very heavy for the most part in inside. Mm -hmm. And they pull me out of that. And I am a seven wing. So everything in me wants to go that way. Same. Yeah, I'm a seven wing. And I am a sexual eight. And oh, yeah, you get it. I I get that. (laughs) Yeah. And I am (laughs) I'm an eight, six, two tri type, which yeah, I've seen a lot of eight, two sixes, but I am eight, six, two. And oh, we'll get into that. That's yeah. That's an important difference. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But so, and then the dark side of what the seven does for me is when I don't want to plug into my emotions, I can go to the seven and be like, hey, let's run away. Distract, distract. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily healthy, but it can be when you're having like a really dark moment. The seven can just be like, you know what? Let's forget about it. Let's Mm -hmm. go play some disc golf or something I don't know sevens do really weird stuff sometimes and I'm like (laughs) what (laughs) the light part is I'm able to adjust really quickly I though I am a sexual and I do relate to some of what Erin says in her social because I can play into that it's like a light switch I have to turn it on sometimes Mm -hmm. is social your second I don't think so I don't proclaim to be like highly (laughs) self-aware I'll get into more of that when we talk about the tri-type too yes yeah that's like an issue but for me self-preservation felt like the second for me and the the sexual felt like the top but I feel like I pull from all three but the social is like I can do it but then when I go home I don't want to talk to anybody for two Mm, hours yeah that's not necessarily what that means though but 
Um, It's more where you're fixated on. So your purview, like what you're concerned with. And so if you're concerned with how the group is doing, that would also come from your six, though. Yeah, so that, I am not concerned with the group. So Yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, I'm not a group. No, me neither. Whereas I tend to be very, um, yeah, I intuitively get what I need, right? So I, I make yeah. sure my house is just so and I, I know exactly what my body needs and I go get it. And so that's having self-pres second, if I that makes sense. I relate to that for sure. Maybe that's for you. Me, it's it's very the word you used was purview. Like for me, the way I identified with sexual is I'm a very one-on-one kind of person mm-hmm. and I don't care how the group is, but like, I care about how each individual person is. Right. Um, how they view me, how I view them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm more concerned with. Yeah. And so when we walk into a room, we go where the energy is really interesting. Whereas Aaron, Aaron's feeling the entire group's desire like she's got an idea of what the group needs and that's what she's concerned about so in my workplace right now i have a four i gravitate to her the most right now because she's very i love fours i know they're difficult but i sure do love them (laughs) i don't find them okay i find unhealthy fours difficult of course unhealthy anything is terrible yes i have a two sister and i have a an older sister who proclaims to be a two but i am firmly in the belief that she's mistyped herself and she's actually a four right because she is the most wounded person (laughs) and refuses to acknowledge it (laughs) although i feel like fours do acknowledge their woundedness all of her like the motivations and the desires of a four like that is what comes out of her mouth on a daily basis right yes yes but she's like no i'm here to love people and i'm like are you (laughs) I, i mean it's okay if you're not you don't have to be but i think the Enneagram really helped me to understand why I processed my childhood the way I did. And I have a seven father and a one mother. So many sevens in your life. Very much. And the seven goes to one in stress. Mm-hmm. And the, the, when the one is unhealthy. And Are you criti- a, were you criticized a lot? <laughs> I was not. I learned how to play the game of okay. my family. Yeah. If you Google, I, I think it's called a slow paced. It's, it's an animal. Okay. Um, it's called Loris, L-O-R-I-S. That is the actual visual that I have of myself as a child. So the Loris has the biggest eyes ever. And okay. it's like, it's really slow moving. And for me, I was, as a child, I was watching my family go through their tensions and their conflicts. But I was on the sidelines a lot because I'm a lot younger than my siblings are. And my siblings are close together. So like I pulled back and I watched I identify with the eight the most. I've taken multiple tests and I'm the eight because that's who I am when I'm healthy because I saw so much conflict and tension that when I see it elsewhere, I want to immediately step in front of it and I want to protect, I want to control what the narrative is happening like how it's happening and if somebody's being hurt my immediate reaction is like a gut punch and I'm like what are you doing Mm -hmm. it's a whole maelstrom of emotion and want to actually ask how you sorted out that you were an eight what was it that really let you know that that was your type my pastor is an eight and he's a self-preservationist eight okay he introduced me to the Enneagram Mm mm-hmm he was like, you may be a four. And I was like, "Mm, no, I don't think I am. So I went and took the test. And for me, the motivations 
are what secured that for me. Actual I'm, eights are often mistaken. They're four-ish. They just are. Yeah. yeah. What did you do the, with that once you... I actually screamed. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My response was very visceral. Okay. And I may have said some customers. As in you were unhappy about it? I felt very um, exposed. Yeah. And I felt naked in a very different way. Mm-hmm. My core fear is manipulation. That is a big one for me. I don't, you know, I would say control is more of a subconscious thing. It is a core fear for me. I don't want to be out of control and it very much plays into my everyday life and how I fight with my husband and things like that. But um, for me, it's a lot about manipulation and like when I'm stressed and this is the six in my tri-type two, I think when I'm stressed, I get very paranoid and suspicious I'm like, what are your motivations with me? And how are you going to hurt me? And I'm like trying to put on more armor and more armor, like as much as I can when I'm in deep stress. You talk a lot about in the podcast about body responses. And I had like a full body response reading about the eight desires and Mm -hmm. um, fears Mm -hmm. because I hadn't been seen so well. For me, there was a lot of grieving, like a lot of tears, actually, over probably misunderstanding myself more than anything. It was just, I've been so hard on myself. I'm hard on myself as well, but I didn't grieve so much as like, now I can understand how, why I'm hard on myself. For me, self-awareness is like an eight flex. Right. For me as an eight, I feel like being self-aware is a strength. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do whatever I can to become more self-aware. And so I want to learn as much as possible about myself so I can know. And then you can't tell me anything about Right. Me. So the Catherine Favre quote about your tri-type says mm-hmm. that you're caring, supportive, and protective. You want to be helpful, engaging, and straightforward. And by nature, you want to be in charge of your world. You're attracted to the noble cause and you wish to shield others from harm and you'll challenge what is unjust. You want to know what the rules are in order to feel safe and to know when you can break them. Everything is like gears locking into place with the exception of the noble cause. Okay. Because I don't frame it as a noble cause. You say noble cause to me, and I'm like a knight in shining Mm. armor riding up on his Mm -hmm. horse, and that's not who I am. If you're going to use noble cause for me, I want to be behind the curtains. Noble cause for me is a term that I associate with like maybe some ego, like you want recognition for it, and I'm not about that. I don't care Mm -hmm. at the end of Mm -hmm. the day, but everything else, 100%. (laughs) How do you feel about the title (laughs) that they've given that tri-type, The Rescuer? I feel like that doesn't fit me. I feel like a shield would be a better okay. term, like a shielder or even just protector, not even, even that sounds kind of, that's a little too much for me, but like. I like that, the shield. Yeah. Like that's what it feels like to me. I am literally putting up defenses to protect and I, I, I feel it. If I could project it, I could, I could tell you what mm-hmm. color it is. Did you know that we actually emit like a wave <laughs> we, of energy? Yeah. Uh-huh. I've been told that before. hundred <laughs> percent believe in it because. It made me feel like Neo in Matrix. Like, uh, you know, when he flexes and the whole world flexes around him. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen Matrix. I feel no, like I that's have... eight. When he like finally when he comes the, into um, his powers yeah. and he realizes the world bends around him. Uh-huh. He doesn't bend around the world. You know what's sad, though? Like, my first thought was, this is showing my age. I like the next step. But there's this scene in the fourth one where she finally figures out how to shield people. I thought of her when you were and talking. she puts the shield out. I was thinking of her when yeah. I was talking. Because yeah. I was like, that's how it feels. 
to me. I am literally forcing it outside of my body yeah. around people. And it's it's not the color hers is. Mine's like a violet. That's the thing for you. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. yeah. My husband's green. And it's not the actual condition. That sounds really cool. There's like people actually see with their eyeballs colors. It's more my gut feels the color. Yeah. Oh. Places have colors. Songs have colors. No, my last Christmas was like, I will say my last Christmas was more of like a bright gold because my siblings <laughs> got in a fight and I didn't. And I was like, hey. <laughs> it was so satisfying. One of I'm you bored. liked yeah. it, two of you haven't. So No, it's not, it's not rescuing so much as it's just protecting and drawing someone close who yeah. needs it. Okay, so let's hear about your six. The six is the one who has the hardest time being yes. self-aware. Yeah. And so for me, I rejected a lot of what I read Here, just about one sixes. Second. The six viewpoint, when I first read it, of like, the world is a mm, dangerous mm-hmm. place. Immediate rejection. I was like, what? That's so not right. logical. And then I did the tri-type testing and I was like, oh, So this is what eight with a six is. So it says this eight will be permeated with a sense of belonging. They'll use their power to make sure they don't display vulnerability. Highly intelligent, skeptical eights. Yeah. Uh (laughs) All right. Yeah. All right. They can be whistleblowers at a company because of an inherent mistrust of systems. Family community oriented (laughs) eights paranoid about being controlled or manipulated by people (laughs) and words associated with this type could be reactive counterphobic pushing Mm -hmm. fighting for truth honor skeptical accusing and outspoken so that's you huh (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's embarrassingly so your enneagram coach they give you your top two I was 91% a type eight and 89% mm, type There you six. have it. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, I'm very reactive. There's um, no avoiding it. Like today, just today alone, I was trying so hard not to react to things that I knew I didn't have control mm. over. And I got told multiple times, are you okay? You're very quiet. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, about to learn it. <laughs> um, did you grow? Yeah. It, was that a maturity point where you like stopped vocalizing it as much? It's a process. I right. still vocalize it. Like I, I, but I'm trying so very hard to learn that just because I say it doesn't mean that it necessarily needed to be said. Sometimes it needs to be heard. Like I have bad timing and I'm, I'm learning to read the room a lot better in high school. I was so like mm, polarizing. Yes. That's um, a good word for be the best word. that combo. Because I was going mm-hmm. to tell you everything that went through my right. mind about you. <laughs> and I saw that as being very genuine and like, you're always going to get. Here's what I see as, as a potential for this tri-type is extra tribal and by that I mean that because you're so reactive and really certain of what reality is like this is the truth you will collect people essentially who feel exactly the same way yeah I could see me doing that in high school and high school Mm -hmm. is probably I feel like that was really unhealthy tri-type times for me because it's it's a defense mechanism of like I feel so misunderstood I'm just going to push everyone away who Mm -hmm. will not meet me where I'm at. The pain of rejection is piled up to the point where you're no longer able to sit with it and it officially becomes that driving force behind your defenses and then Mm -hmm. you're not giving anyone a chance. 
That's I mean, what it that feels was, like. It feels like a closed door for sure. That was me as a teenager. I would not give people chances because mm-hmm. I was rejected all the time. It felt like, I mean, I'm sure right. I wasn't, but I was for sure feeling that rejection all the time. And I think yeah. that was part of the tri-type for me was my existence felt like a burden. Eights with a two are loving and protective. It brings in a vulnerability to this eight, even if they aren't going to acknowledge it openly. Instead, they will take someone under their wing in order to help them out in the manner that they wish that they had received help. Their focus can be on acquiring power in order to attract relationship. A bit of a romantic bent to this eight, even if they... Two is definitely the third because... I relate to there's a vulnerability that I'm not going to acknowledge. um, And I can acknowledge it with like my husband, but I even my, my best friend I've been friends with for 15 plus years this week, we had a vulnerable moment, the seven friend. um, And we were both like, cool, this was fun break. We're never talking about this again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like goes in the vault. We just don't. And so I feel like I, try very hard to go to that place of health. And when I'm out of my own head, when I'm being healthy, I'm allowing the doors to open more. And I'm allowing for potential relationships to walk through the door. And I'm not immediately stamping it with a no. I go to the two because I'm like, I give up. The two that is completely unable to really contemplate their own needs. You don't want to validate your needs yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Like, I don't want to... To validate my need is to say that I'm weak mm-hmm. and to say that I need something when I don't want to need anything because need is reliant on something else. Do you feel like and you I have a good sense of what your needs are or are they, are they not even clear to you? <laughs> I feel like I am trying to get a better sense. I need to feel safe and I need control and that is how I feel safe. But There are times when, you know, I'll have an argument and I'm like, why do I, why does this matter so much to me right now? And so need wise, I can name some terms, but I don't know that. Yeah. So this is common to the tri-type as well is being really actually quite out of touch with your need. One of you, it was so funny. She's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) That the problem is, like, you say need, and my body is immediately. Yeah, like, you're like, yuck, this? yuck, yuck. <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> I can be vulnerable and be like, yes, logically speaking, here, mm-hmm. I have needs. Yeah. They are safety, they are control. Right. But honestly, if I were to do a deep dive there, that's probably what would send me in that grief spiral mm-hmm. because to me, that is so intimate. <laughs> to like admit that you need something whether right. it's from somebody or mm-hmm. like, and you're your, right. your six would distrust you, you wouldn't want to put yourself in anyone's hands oh for sure with your squishy needs <laughs> I want to project and I feel like I tr- always try to validate this self-image of being a ball of glass that's very prickly Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when somebody comes along who's like, no, you're actually not. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> and what do you want from me? Right. <laughs> because they've seen through what I've tried to hide. Yeah. And then I feel very threatened. Yeah. <laughs> because if it's not like, if I open up to you, that's one thing. And you can make your assumptions about that and your conclusions about that. But if you come to me and you're immediately like, no, you're really, you know, this and that. I'm like, you are suspicious. 
<laughs> and that's why partly yep. I why I think I gravitate to that four in my life. Yeah. Because she's like very much like, now I hear this. And I'm like, I have to keep an eye on you. <laughs> right. Right. But <laughs> you something in you recognizes that it's healthy to have somebody yes. who's giving you yes. a different read on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so foreign to me. I'm like, what? <laughs> How do you see this? Yeah. What, what channel are you watching? It's not mine. Do you tend to have conflict around your drive to help people? And then here's the quote. So this type is characterized by the issues they have with others. They tend to get easily frustrated with others. They want to help others, but they also want things to go their way. So they have a let me help you quality. I think this is a growth thing for me, like maybe in the past. Um, but I've learned with my two siblings and with my seven husband and my seven best friend that it's how you want things is never going to be what's right for someone else. Mm -hmm. And learning how to not have conflict with my two siblings, learning how not to have conflict with all the sevens in my life, sevens, especially if you want to help them, they're like, nothing's wrong. What are you talking about? Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, mm -hmm. look at this. Putting you in front of a mirror acknowledge this and they're like hmm, that's a shiny mirror <laughs> and so I don't I don't relate to that at all in the sense of now like I could do that in the past and there are times I notice myself going there and then I'm like I gotta pull back because when I do have situations where I feel that brewing now my method of coping because it is a problem my method of coping is to focus on myself because odds are what I want to project to them I can only do by my own actions so I literally practice what I preach um, and that is my way of handling any time when I want to like fix someone or help them and they don't want the help and I'm like nah you you don't know what you're doing and I'm right and this is how you need to fix your life that is a battle that is no longer worth fighting to me because it's just not like it's more of a destructive thing would you so, say then now that because you you've like fought that fight that you don't have a lot of uh, conflict with people? I feel like my perception of conflict and their perception of conflict is different. Try so, and be objective. No. <laughs> Are you somebody <laughs> that has run-ins no. with people? <laughs> no, I am not. Okay. I perceive I have a run-in okay. and then I'm like, "Are we good?" And they're like, "Yeah, why?" And I'm like, "Just checking." Right. Okay. <laughs> Um, because I consistently been told my whole life, I'm very intimidating. I'm very blunt. I'm the friend you have to get to know. Mm -hmm. I'm not the friend who's your friend immediately. And that never felt good to me. Like that never felt like a compliment, you know? Right. So I'm always trying to overcompensate for how I come off to people because I'm like, and you know, as I'm talking to you, I'm like, well, if I was healthy and I could just be okay with who I am. Right. But sometimes, I, just like it's a body response, I see their body responding to me mm -hmm. and I'm reading them. And it's like, okay, did I overstep there because you hesitated? I feel like I'm trying to very much accommodate them and their heart mm -hmm. and put myself aside. When I'm to that point of looking at them and reading them, mm -hmm. I am like, like, is my existence being a burden to you right now? Right. And how do I need to adjust yeah. that? And that's where I do that reading there because it's like you didn't perceive a, a conflict, but something in your body language changed something there. And I want you to feel safe mm -hmm, and I want mm -hmm. you to feel like I am somebody worth trusting and I am somebody you can come to in times of need. Right. 
Another quote is that your blind spot could be that you are so identified with a pride of knowing how to help others that you may give unsolicited advice. You could overgive to others, which could prevent a deeper connection to who you actually are. So do you identify with like overgiving or? This is one of the spots where I think I'm not self-aware. Oh, okay. Okay. Because you were saying that to me, like conversations with my siblings, they'll come to me with a, like a problem. If I don't say, do you want me to listen or do you want me to give you advice? I will immediately go into giving advice. And so I don't want to admit that that's probably what I do, but that's probably what I do. Okay. And like, I probably lapse into a lot of you should do this or this is how this helped me. And maybe that's how it will help you kind of language. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find that you like bite your tongue a lot, but you... You just know what's needed and <laughs> you really want to let them know. <laughs> yeah. I have um, a coworker right now. Mm-hmm. Like that, you were just reminding me of this coworker who she eats emotionally. Oh, And yeah. the other day it just flew out of my mouth because she was like, I need some chocolate. And I was like, do not eat that. Oh, oh no, oh, no you didn't. The, <laughs> yeah. This is not the topic to be like, Hey, don't, but it just flew out yeah. and she, She's very into the Enneagram. I turned her on to it and she flew down a hole. She's a one. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> but she's a healthy one. So okay. She could see okay. where I was going. I yes. was like, you all. And I said to her, I was like, you complain about how you want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. This is not the time to be eating emotionally. Right. You know, and I'm like, let me fix you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, today, I'm not even kidding. Today, I walked down the stairs of our library and she was saying let me get some chocolate before Tori finds out and I said what was that (laughs) and you know my response to that was like you're not affecting me you're affecting you the strongest theme associated with this tri-type is uh, the need to rescue or protect but not necessarily to put up with the problems on an extended basis so it's kind of an in the moment problem solving that expects others to deal with it and move on your help is more crisis oriented and not so much Um, long-term side-by-side mentoring yeah (laughs) yeah because I (laughs) I, like this is probably so sad to hear but when I see a problem with somebody I'm like here's your problem here's how you fix it now go fix it (laughs) 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 and that is something I'm having to really work on being in it for the long haul and being that side-by-side mentor with some people close in my life. I am Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, fix it. Just, I'm like that Shia LaBeouf me. (laughs) Do it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I were to look inside myself and see some of my issues and why haven't I fixed that yet? It's not so simple. And, but that empathy, I have to, grow that muscle a little bit more in that specific area because right. I just expect it to be fixed. I don't know why you can't fix it. <laughs> so that's where the term rescuer does hit a appropriate note in that you can just kind of see someone throw the life raft out and okay, the I person get you know what I mean? Now. Yeah. Then you're not going to like you're not going to sit there and rehabilitate them for but you, you did rescue them right? Yeah. The words associated with you are cynical, dutiful, loyal, helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cynical um, is something that I struggle with in my relationship with my husband. Mm-hmm. I immediately assume 
his response. You know how you have an argument with somebody in your head? Yes. And you've already done their argument part for them. And then you're mad right. at them before you even gave them a chance. That is where that plays in, in my marriage. Yeah. Yep. I'm very cynical of people's motivations automatically on guard. And I'm automatically, I don't mean to be like when I'm in stress, it's very evident. And when I'm in health, I very much question my own self and my own thought process there. But it is your first impulse. Yeah. I will never forget when my sibling uh, I was a teenager at the time and she's like, like, we grew up in the same household. Why do you have such a strong issue with trusting people? And I was like, have you seen people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They out here wild. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She's over here being a two trusting everyone and anyone. And I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree that and dutiful is a hallmark of who I am in my family. I do all the things expected of me. And if I don't do them, I have a very good reason as to why. And Mm -hmm. I'm right there with a defense if somebody comes and says something to me about it. Mm -hmm. I'm loyal to the point where that I will be loyal until the five kicks in. The five, when I go into that part, it's like I am so stressed. I am clinically cold about things and I am no longer, my heart and my head are pulled out of it now and we are just cutting you off. The five is when I'm around somebody who's I know is so toxic to me, I cannot salvage the relationship. Mm-hmm. There have been a few times in my life where I, we are cauterizing that wound. It is burnt. It has no more feelings. It has no more nerve endings. I can look back at it and see it as a scar, but it's like my entire psyche won't let me open it back up. I was loyal to you until you're affecting my mental health. And then I have to cauterize the wound. For me, it's that sexual part of the eight too. It, I will, I will let them in, and I want them all. Like that's something you say a lot that I relate to is I want them all. Mm-hmm. And when I want them all, I give them my all mm-hmm. to the point where I give them free reign. And then what they decide if they decide to use that free reign to hurt me, I will let them hurt me until I can't do it anymore, and I have to go to that five and like cauterize the wound. What happens with tri-type is you see how your numbers, they end up amplifying certain things about you as an eight that another eight would play down because of the Mm -hmm. way their numbers work. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at your tri-type, I'm just going to name a few of the things that happen. So you'd be double relational. So two of your numbers out of the three are relational types, which means you're more likely to move towards relationship. But it could mean that you're double likely to make people uncomfortable because you are moving to war. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes and yes. I I feel like I'm a billboard sometimes. Like I'm like, this is what I'm about. Right. And I'm in your face. I really don't mean to be. It's just I feel very passionate about it. But then you see the eyes opening (laughs) of the person you're talking to and they're like backing away slowly and nodding their head. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Do you know what's hilarious? (laughs) One of you said the exact same thing. (laughs) Like verbatim. That is a rejection that has happened multiple times in my life of like, and like they just nod their head yes. Like they're Mm -hmm. totally on board. But yeah, you're like throwing this energy at them because you're so excited. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They weren't ready. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because the next doubling up is double rejection. So two of your numbers are in the rejection triad. You have this double defense against rejection by offering a service rather than your actual heart. 
or vulnerability. So you've got two ways of protecting your heart. So the eight, you are offering protection. And two would be the nurturing and the help. You're essentially saying, here, I can fix you. And here, I can shield you. And while I'm busy jazz handsing that, you don't look at me too closely. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Now that you explain it like that, yeah, I'd probably do that. Yeah, and it is Um, subconscious. I think I do that, especially with people I'm not close to. Sure. And we're like close quarters, but I don't know you. Sure. But you know your MO, right? And you know what you can offer. So you're like, here it is. Yeah, like, hey, if you need something, just call me. But then, like, we don't know each other that well. So, mm-hmm. And you have two numbers that are in the compliant triad. I mean, what is this? Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> I don't like that. So that's what it sounds like. And I'm like, ew. It means with aligning with people for security. Okay. And that does feel, that is very six. And it's very two. It means that you're extra loyal and extra dutifully committed once you're committed. Mm-hmm. And you'd be extra likely mm-hmm. to struggle with black and white thinking once you're aligned with whatever it is you're aligning with. Mm-hmm. Right? I feel like if I was a guitar, you just plucked a string. Okay. <laughs> I become aligned with people. It almost like my brain goes into chess mode time. Mm-hmm. How does this person operate and how can I align with them to get what I need done? Right. That's essentially my job yeah. right now. Yeah. How does this person operate out of their sense of fear? Like, where are they going to get tripped up if I, like, I even choose language. I'm like, what things can I say? What things do I need to make sure I don't say so that they're not triggered by that? Um, What is a delivery of this thing mm -hmm, that I want? mm -hmm. You know, if I need them to work with me, what's a good delivery of how I can present this to them? I mean, I felt like that was even something I did in my childhood with my Mm -hmm. parents was like, how can I get what I want by operating within your headspace? Let me just stick my toes in your mental pool for a second. We can play. And then, okay, I this sounds so sociopathic. Everything does when you break Um, it down into its like granular. (laughs) But it, it was like, for me, I was the child who was born later. My parents were tired by the time they got to me. So I was quick at that. Like I was quick at seeing the tired. They didn't want to engage. So I was like, hey, here's what (laughs) I need. Here's how I present that to you in a way that's quick, efficient. Then we'll move on and we both got what we wanted. As selfish as this sounds, I try to use the strengths of those around me to get what I need. Well, what's beautiful is that's what community is. That is what builds community is people like leaning on each other's strength, right? And and I don't have any of that naturally. Yes. And that's my struggle. I often oh, forget okay. why I need to be in community. And I'm mm. so resistant to going along with a group because I feel like I don't need them. There's nothing they can offer that I can't already. Yeah, I just, it's like I'm allergic to the idea of going along. To an ex- certain extent, you have to give 50% to get that other half back because it's a sea of people and to get that community you have to seek that community and part of me fights that sometimes because i'm like you know i'm exhausted of being the strong one all the time i just want somebody to come to me and tell me they want to hang out with me or they want to go to my life group or whatever i think that's the one situation where i'm like i don't see strengths to draw upon here i just want to be right accepted Yeah, i'm so tired (laughs) i i very much feel that and i usually i get what i need by just picking out the one or two people 
that Mm -hmm. um, that's my sexual, right? I just want the one or two people who I can go deep with. And then I just forget everybody else. So I do have to be like very, very purposeful in trying to see them as a whole. (laughs) It's so hard. It's hard. Yeah. Okay. So then the last triad, you're not going to have any trouble. I think seeing this one is you're double reactive. And I am so four and eight and six, they're all reactive. Um, So you're just extra likely to react very strongly in conflict, either vocally or it's just internal. But either way, there's going to be this real flare up um, inside you. It's such a visceral response that, you know, you talk about fight or flight sometimes in the podcast and it's, it's a freeze for me. I feel paralyzed by how much I'm feeling and how hard I'm mm-hmm. feeling it. And I cannot make words come out of my Did mouth. Did you used to let them fly and it caused harm? Or have you always restrained it because you're like, this is too strong? I think I've always restrained it because I know that it's such a flooring response. I can't voice the way I right. want to If say you could things. breathe fire, you would, but. Yeah, you know, even with not just anger, it's with um, sadness. Mm -hmm. Like in the past when I've lost people close to me in my life, I have not even been able to speak. I'm that person at the eulogy who is bawling on the, like, and my grandfather's funeral specifically is what I'm thinking about. I was trying to give a good testimony of him and I Mm -hmm. lost it because I couldn't even finish my sentence. And It's just like it feels like a Mm -hmm. storm that won't let up until I walk away. That also breeds problems because if you walk away, certain people in my life see that as, well, you're not finishing the conflict and you're not you're not addressing this immediately. And it's like, I can't like I physically cannot. You are giving me an epiphany because you sound like my mom who was an eight. She died before we could have this Enneagram conversation. So this is me typing her with my gut, but she also felt very six-ish and I had to Mm -hmm. discount six because there's way too much about her. That's, she's like all gut. But um, I wonder, that was her. She would tell us, I need you to go. And I was, I'm the eight that wants to hash it out. I, I do not want someone to walk away. And she was like, no, trust me. You need to go and I will come to you when I'm ready. And I think that's what was happening. Yeah, Yeah, because in that moment for me, I know I can't make an intelligible remark. And any remark that I make is only going to be hurtful. That's what she said. Because I'm so in a mode of defense. As much as I hate this analogy, like I hate it with a passion, but I feel like a trapped animal. It feels like something is hovering Mm -hmm. over me and I just want to run and you won't let me. Mm -hmm. I feel trapped. And like, I I have visceral panic when somebody will not let me out of the conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is hot. You can feel it, eh? You're like, like, you're having like memory. If you were to name the top things that set that off in you, what kinds of things tend to create that reactive response? Do you know? As much as I don't want to admit it, it's very much the same stuff that I give out in a conflict. If it's bounced back to me sometimes, like... The eight is looking for that intensity bounced yeah. back to them. But I think if it's too much of my same right. level, I can't handle what I yeah. dish out. I think if it's something very hurtful said to me or something specifically, if somebody calls me on my own mm-hmm. BS and I know it is very true, like sometimes I can handle it and I can respect it even, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. 
you know? But then there are times after we've been in conflict. For me, honestly, it feels like the duration of the conflict is what triggers it the most. If we have been having an argument or something for a good 30 minutes. Yeah, you need to go. I can't do it. I can't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's nothing productive happening here. It's not getting fixed. So let's Mm -hmm. regroup. It Mm -hmm. is so visceral. I wish somebody could be inside of my body when I feel that so they could see how panic so i can i know what it feels like it's just for me the fuse is uh it's very short-lived it doesn't last long it flares up and then i have a superpower of turning off whatever i don't want to feel so that i have a say over i don't have a say over when it flares that's just gonna happen but i then just go completely numb like (laughs) like if i went numb I went through the visceral and now I've hit numb. Like it's uh, a progression yeah. for me. I was so stressed wow. that I went okay. numb. It's not a superpower for me. It's more of like that's that's right. the ultimate coping. And my partner can see when it happens and that's when they get mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the thermometer for an argument yeah. of, between us. Is like if I get so numb that I'm no longer able to talk. Like I'm I'm like, right. okay, I'm just done. How long does That's it take when, you to come back, though? It, right. Within the same day, you yeah. know, but not, I mean, mm-hmm. I need an hour or two to myself just to yeah. like process it. But definitely within the same day, I don't think there's anything being served by pro, like, I can logic yeah. my way out of it. It just takes me having time to myself. Oh, yeah, you so. sound like so. my mom. It's crazy. I'm going to have to think about this because it's good. It's kind of good to know. So I can go off and be on my own for a minute and just like mm-hmm. calm the seas mm-hmm. that are yeah so choppy i think that's also a, maybe yeah. a sexual uh, thing i don't know I, I don't know i haven't put those uh, two things together yet for, for me the one-on-one i want to be one-on-one because i know me and then right. i want to know them in the conflict i i want to be with me you're like getting a better sense of all the different kinds of eights kicking around have you noticed mm-hmm. ways that you just you're different than some of us. Yeah. I feel very seen. Like I feel very identified with. I feel like everyone around me in the eight community is like a macadamia yeah. nut and I'm yeah. a gusher. <laughs> it feels like, you know, everybody yeah. else is so strong and I'm got the gushiest center. But then when somebody who's not an eight comes to me, they're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, no, you yeah. should see these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of you, your tri-type, she said she feels like one of those cakes where it's like a the molten chocolate cake where the inside is is warm goo. Yeah. Yeah, that's what she said. Chocolate lava cake. Yeah, Yeah, she said she she knows that, well, feels like she presents very, like, hard, prickly, like you said. But she knows she's so warm in there. Like, so warm in there. For me, it feels like a constant, somebody's busting me open and I'm trying to clean up my gush like it's a constant i keep <laughs> running my gush is running <laughs> i've got to go catch it so like when somebody close to me is like oh, i can see how you're an eight but i you know you're you're very yeah. caring i'm like please stop please stop i don't like that my gush is showing <laughs> my gush is showing that's awesome that's it for today we hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface and you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor <laughs>